This morning, I want to talk to you uh, about a group of men. In fact, I have a picture um, of these of some men that I want to show you, some people, um, and I want to tell you about their their plight. Uh, oops. Well, well, we'll do that in a sec. These people that we're going to talk about this morning, they're not really accepted by society too much. They're not accepted by society very much. Sometimes they seem a little smelly. Um, They wouldn't be the best witnesses in court because of their status in life. And, you know, as you could could imagine, people who who are out by themselves and maybe loners and doing what they want, they're not the most... uh, respected people in the society. What's interesting about this group of people is that this is the group of people that God chose to come to, to proclaim his son coming. See, the first picture is just to throw us off a little bit, but the shepherds aren't much different than the people you would see gathered around a fireplace, in an, a fire barrel in the inner city people who aren't accepted by society. Shepherds weren't accepted by the society. They had to spend so much time out in the fields caring for their sheep. They didn't get to work um, five or six days a week and take the Sabbath off. They were 24, 365 type of people. They were always working. And so they couldn't even go to the temple in order to make the sacrifices most of the time because they were unclean. And so they were, they were very much so outcast. Because of the amount of time they spent out with the, the sheep, because they weren't allowed in the temple, um, they were not allowed to, uh, to be a witness in a court case in, at the Sanhedrin or anything. These men were, were um, not the cream of the crop. And yet, we're going to read in Luke chapter 2 here, this is the group of people that God chose to send an angel to. I'm going to start in verse 1 of Luke chapter 2 this morning. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I'm going to put a little pause there for a moment. Whenever, often when we think of angels and angels appearing, we think it'd be a great moment and, and just amazing in God. And almost every time that an angel appears in the Bible, the people are afraid. The people are afraid because of the, the glory, the power that goes with them. And so here it is again. They were greatly afraid. They weren't like, oh, this is so cool. The angels are here. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, which we know always works, right? When someone's afraid, all you have to do is tell them, don't be afraid, and they're not afraid anymore. Like, like when somebody's worried, all you have to do is go to them and say, don't worry, and they go, thank you, I'm not going to worry anymore. It's amazing. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you 
good tidings of great joy which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. I think they used other words than that, honestly. I mean, I think that's the gist of what they said, that's, but, but I think they were probably pretty astounded and were freaking out a little bit. Um, and, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told them. This morning, we're going to continue on in the, in, the, in the Advent and the candles. The first week, we talked about hope, that, that Jesus came and he was our hope. Next week is peace. Thank you. Love. And then this week, we're going to talk about joy. And I want to focus in on this, on this passage here. It says, The angel said in verse 10, Do not be afraid. Before, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Christmas is supposed to be a time of joy. Um, but it's not. <laughs> it's not often. I'm, I'm going to be real, you know, real honest and open today. and um, I haven't had any joy at all. It's been... A, it's been really a tough season. Um, there's a lot going on. There's, uh, of course, you know, worries and things, and, and some of you can relate. Um, but finding joy has been really difficult for me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but you guys might relate. That this season, though it's supposed to be full of love and joy and peace and hope, sometimes more than any other season, we find ourselves discouraged and depressed and harried and run down and worried. And we're fighting to get joy and peace and hope and love. And then to add insult to injury, we feel bad because we don't have hope, peace, love, and joy. And so it actually makes it worse. Now, if, if, if that's you this morning, I'm talking to you. If it's not, just bear with us as we, as we go on this journey because the world doesn't offer us peace, hope, love, and joy. In fact, the thing about Christmas, and, and I, we buy presents in our family, but the thing about Christmas is that we focus so much on, on giving gifts to people, which I think is a great a celebration of love and life for other people. I, I think it's great to go and buy somebody a gift if it's coming from your heart and you just want to show love. But we focus on these things, and I think there's a part of us that, that, that is hoping, believing that by buying gifts for others and maybe receiving gifts ourselves that we will feel that hope and that love and that peace and the joy until January comes the credit card bills come and you have to pay for them right so we we have this this quandary in this nation and and, and all over um, 
And, you know, because of the commercialization of, of Christmas, some Christians want to boycott it completely, and we're not alone. In, in the 1700s, the Puritans actually boycotted Christmas, and they made it illegal to even bake a pudding pie on December 25th. They could not celebrate Christmas because it was getting too secular. It was taking the focus off of Jesus coming, and it was becoming more of a celebration and giving gifts. In the 1700s, and I thought, my goodness, not much has changed in the last, you know, 250 years. We're still fighting against the commercialization of Christmas. But they did it all wrong because it's important for us to take this time that comes at Christmas and remember and celebrate and have something even to look forward to. I I usually love Christmas. I'm, I'm fighting to love Christmas again this year. But it's a time that we should be spending it with family and friends and loving one another and being reminded that Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, some of you might have buttons that say that and, and they're putting it on your wall and on your homes and Jesus is the reason for the season and it's so true. And yet, even the, the, the shepherds didn't understand what Jesus was really coming to do. Now, now we've got to get inside of the, the place for a moment. So here they are, the shepherds. They're not accepted. We already kind of went over that. The angels come. And they go and they find things just as the angels said. They find baby Jesus wrapped in, in the swaddling cloths and uh, right there in the manger and they rejoice. But they don't know that he's even coming to be, that he's going to die for their sins. They, he says, unto you is, is the savior of the world. So they begin to have joy. And the moment that Jesus came, they didn't have to go back and be shepherds anymore. And they were immediately lifted up in society. And they got houses. And they got a new camel. (laughs) Nothing changed for the shepherds in the natural. You know, we we have the stories and we, we, we... we kind of think of them there and then they go and we kind of forget about the shepherds. It said that they went back out to the fields and had to continue on in life. We don't really see what happens to them. If they're young enough, maybe they'll remember who that was in 33 more years in the trials and everything it goes through when Jesus is in Jerusalem. I wish we could attract what they did afterwards. So the angel said, Don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. The verb tense in verse 10 is future. It's future. It starts in the present. It says, The angel said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be all people it's not yet the understanding of what jesus is going to do isn't there for the shepherds yet it's a future thing and for us the real joy of christmas can't be found uh in the presence or in the eggnog unless you drink a lot of it it's not going to be found anywhere else that you're looking for True joy, true peace isn't going to be found in any of these situations. And I am struggling to put my focus on where it is. I want to show you the lyrics 
to a Christmas song that we sing. And we'll sing it next week, and we'll sing it the week on Christmas Eve. It's a song that we all know very well. It's called Joy to the World. And it's there it is. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Keep going in heaven and nature sing. Go to the next verse. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, I think it's supposed to be rocks, hills, and plains. <laughs> go ahead and go to the next one. Repeat the sounding joy. We have to make sure those words are correct. One more verse. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. I had an epiphany, and I'm going to share it with you. This isn't a Christmas morning song. We have sung this song forever and connected it to, to Jesus coming on the first Christmas. If you think about the lyrics we just read, this song is about his second coming, not his first. It talks about, go ahead and put that third verse up. Thank you, Marissa. This is, no more let sins and sorrows grow. Go to the first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. The earth will not receive King Jesus until he comes in glory. The earth will continue to have sin and sorrow until he comes again in glory. How did we miss this? You know, there might be some of you out there going, I knew that. And that's, that's awesome. I wish you would have shared it with us. And, and the truth is, almost every hymn about Christmas that we sing, and this was a hymn, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing was a hymn. They were written not necessarily, most of them were not written for Christmas. They became Christmas songs as the years went on. And some of them, you know, written by, by the greats, um, they came and, and we, we adapted them towards Christmas. And this song is what happened to this is it got adapted to Christmas because it talked about Jesus coming and the king and the happiness and joy. And, and the scriptures proclaim it in verse 10. It says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The joy is, was not only when Christ was born. In fact, it really wasn't at all when Christ was born. How much joy was there because Jesus was born? For Mary and Joseph, there was some, but they were on the way to, you know, they were on their way traveling, so it was kind of a tough time. And shortly after Jesus was born, a decree goes out to murder babies. That doesn't bring you much joy. Yeah. See, see, see there were some that, that, that when, when they, he says, you know, my eyes, it's fulfilled. My eyes have seen the, the Savior who is to come. Looking forward, those who got a hold of the message of Jesus had joy. But in the circumstances and situation, there was really so little joy to be found. What is this scripture saying? I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The joy has to come when we understand that this place is not our home. That someday the sorrows and sin and shame will all be lifted. Someday the curse that we all live under, 
this earth, the sickness that comes with the, the curse, the toil. You know, the man has to toil for his labor. That was not the original intent. That, you know, those, those hard days. There's days that you, I believe, break out of the curse and have a great day at work. You ever have a great day, men, at work, and you just go, man, that was an amazing day. I've had those. But so many of the days are, I got to do this again tomorrow? Well, in the garden, when, when God, when, when Adam and Eve sinned and God was talking, he says, one of the things that happened, because of the curses, it says, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to toil on this earth to make, to make a living. Women, you can just yell at Eve all you want. Because of her, he greatly increased the pains of childbirth. That's kind of a bummer. Joy is not in the present situation or in circumstances. Our joy has to be understanding that this world is not all there is. And for us, Jesus' coming tells us and gives us hope that we will go with him if you've found him to be your Lord and Savior. And that someday, soon, we'll be out of here. The problem is, is it's far enough away for us that it's not affecting us on a daily basis. And we get under the circumstances so much, even as I have. And yesterday, I mean, honestly, it was such a tough day. I was, I, I just ready to quit. I was ready to call Joe and Linda and the board and say, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. And I thought, where is, I'm preaching about joy tomorrow. <laughs> and I've got zero. Some of you maybe can relate on a level of, of things and days like that, and maybe it's a season and a time. And our joy is not found in the hope of anything on this earth. Not that there's not moments of happiness and, and good times. We still have those. But our true joy has got to be placed in the fact that God sent his son, born of a virgin, given to men, lived a sinless life, for 33 years, was handed over, was crucified, died, was buried, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, sent the Holy Spirit, and said, I'll come back to bring you to where I'm going. I saw a video this week, and I thought about, thought about sharing it. Maybe I should have, but... It was a, a man named Clayton who was 19 years old. He got diagnosed with leukemia at 7. You can go, I believe it's called ClaytonStory.com. 7 years old, and he had multiple treatments for his leukemia in his childhood. And by about 19 years old, the doctor said, there's just nothing we can do. You're going to die. So they, I believe they stopped the treatments, and... and they actually made a little short video about his life um, while he was still alive. In fact, they finished the video on March 15th, and on March 16th, he died. And in this video, he's sharing at his high school and talking to his friends, and, and he's talking about joy. And he says, I have joy. And the problem is, is none of you have joy because you don't really understand heaven 
and how close it is to you. But because heaven is so close to me, I'm looking forward to it, and I know I'm about to go there. And when I go there, I'm going to finally be healed. And I'm going to be with Jesus. And this life and this earthly thing is, is gone, but it's so real and so close for me. I think I understand joy and hope more than all of you. And I watched that and I, I, I was tearing up and thinking, that is so true. We don't understand the joy of heaven because we're stuck here on earth and we're focusing on the little things around us. Like, so worried about this. This is such a bummer in my life. And it doesn't help because your friends come up to you and look at the thing that you've got and they go, man, that's a bummer. <laughs> You're right. That's, that's... And we're so focused on this that we can't get outside of this and see heaven. And understand that this place isn't our home and that there is a joy coming for those who know Jesus Christ. There's a joy coming. When was the last time we, and I'm going to include me in all of this, shared our faith with someone? Here's an accusation to me and to anyone else who who has a hard time sharing your faith or just doesn't share your faith. Heaven is so far away, we don't really believe it. We're just wrapped up in our day-to-day things, our day-to-day life. And this world, especially in the, the developed nations in the United States of America, offers so many things to distract us and to detour us, and yet are the exact same things that cause us to worry. That house, that car, come with a payment And we're blessed beyond measure. And so we have to go out and work harder to sustain. And then we have a lapse in the income for a time or something comes and shakes that up. Now we are worried and consumed to maintain our blessings. And there's no joy. We're looking at these things to bring joy, and I'm convicted. I don't want to keep my joy on the things on earth, and it doesn't mean that my family and the things that God has blessed me with don't bring moments of joy and happiness, but my joy has to be centered on what he's done and what he's doing, and that's he's coming back for me. And we're going to be with him forever. Forever. I shared an illustration some time ago about the rope with a little bit of red tape on it. Do you remember? There was, there was a rope and, it's, you know, a hundred or so feet of rope and at the end there was three inches of red tape you just wrapped around and we focus on this little part of the, because the, the rest of it's white and the red stands out and we focus on this little three inches of a hundred foot rope but that's three inches of our 90 years on earth compared to eternity. And everything we do is focused on this little, little part that we know today. Heaven is for real. It's not just a movie title. Heaven is for real and it awaits those who've called on the name of the Lord Jesus. No more let sin and sorrow reign. There is so much hurt and pain in this life. I understand that. 
I go through my own types of hurt and pain with family and finances and discouragement and, you know, feel like you're, 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 you're pushing a rope. I don't feel that way. It's like nothing I do works. Our focus needs to change. And it's real easy to be distracted, church, but I want to encourage us. And I've been, I've been encouraging myself in the Lord since last evening. This all kind of happened to me yesterday. And I've been really trying to just encourage myself in the Lord and say, God, I'm so blessed. Help me to see eternity through your eyes. Help me to see life through your eyes. Bring joy. The psalmist said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And we used to sing the song. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. There should be a joy in it, but what's happened, when, and I first got saved, anyone who knew me, some of you were, were around, and it's great to have you guys back in service, Bob and Jean, they've been here for visiting this morning, but, um, so, you know, when I first got saved, I was just zealous and excited for Jesus, and and up and hopeful, and I would share my faith everywhere I went. People didn't want to go with me places because I might talk about Jesus to them, you know, and, and, and I just, can, you know, um, Shannon told me when, when, when we first got married, one of the things she loved is my joy and my, just, you know, that, that spirit about me, and she, over the last number of years, she goes, what happened to that guy? I go, I don't know. I want him back. But see, I was excited that my sins had been washed clean, that I'd been forgiven and set free, and that I had a hope of heaven. And everyone I came in contact with, I wanted them to know the same thing. But I've allowed time and the worries of this world to rob the joy of knowing Jesus. And we need to get back into pressing into to Jesus, looking at the hope of heaven, understanding that it's true and real but it can't be done outside of you it's got to be a decision you make and you probably aren't going to find it real successful to do it alone we need to encourage one another the bible says even more as we see the day approaching encourage one another we need to we need to take thoughts captive and and say no i'm not going to think about those things we need to begin to focus on the Lord and, and, and look for His joy. Not be so negative. Last week we talked about one of the things about love, that one of the things that we are instead of loving is critical. Critical and negative. You know, I've met people who are so chronically negative that you could walk up to them, you know, this Monday and next Monday, and the Monday after, and say the same thing. What are you mad about this week? You know, I mean, they're just, they're always mad about something. And it's just that they're, they're carrying this chronic negative, and, and we need to get away from those things and begin to focus on the reason for our joy. And get back to the heart of worship. And the heart of God who wants to have relationship. And it's not going to be found in busyness. It's not going to be found in, in the, the, the things that the world has to offer. I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all men.
All men who receive the message of hope and of life in Jesus Christ have a message of joy to look forward to. But, but in order to be joyful, we're going to have to set aside every hindrance and all the things that are coming to rob us of joy. You may have to spend less time with people that, that we, I like to call the joy suckers. There's just people in life that you, you spend time with and they just suck the joy out of you. They just suck life and joy. I mean, you start walking up to them, you can feel it at five feet away. <laughs> you go, oh my goodness. I call them Christian Eeyores. Oh, I'm a Christian. And we need to pray for them and help them because they are among men most miserable. They have the king of kings living in their life, in their heart. Their, their names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. If that shouldn't get us excited. You know, even when the, when, when the disciples were sent out by Jesus, they, they went out and, and if you've ever had a miracle happen through your hands... Even if it's been a long time, you remember the joy and the, just the craziness that goes on inside of you when you prayed for someone and they got healed or you were able to bring somebody to faith in Christ or whatever. So the disciples, spending time with Jesus, they go out and they, and they cast out demons. They come back, we're like, we cast out demons in your name. This is so cool. And Jesus said, don't rejoice over that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, I, I'm going to clarify this before I share this. This isn't about boasting for me, this is what I'm about to share. It's really a statement of sadness and, and, and um, maybe regret of, of how I handled it. I've prayed for people and they were healed. I've led people to Jesus. I've traveled many nations and had the opportunity to preach and lead worship. I've, God's used me to prophesy to people where people got set free, dedicated their life to the Lord. We've seen people slain in the spirit under the under ministry that, that God gave me the, the, the blessing to be part of. And I think I rejoiced more in being used by God than I did in God himself. And maybe, maybe as I'm just thinking about this right now and right this second is, is that because I haven't maybe seen as much of the, of the fruit of ministry in the last number of years is, is one of the things that's robbed my joy. My joy has to be found in him in the hope that he's coming soon and that someday this life, and I, I have lived a blessed life. I really have. But this life will go away and we'll be forever with him. Sickness. Some of you are carrying so much sickness in your body. I don't even know how you wake up every day. And sometimes I cry for you. I think, God, would you heal them? 
And yet you, you keep getting up and you keep going through. Some of you have gone through loss of loved ones, losses of marriage, losses of business. The day is coming when we'll walk in perfection. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more shame. These things will go away. And until then, the Lord calls us to occupy, expand the kingdom, to love one another, to rejoice. Christians among all people have the most to be joyful about. Now, I want to preface this at this, this point. You're not always going to be happy. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have times that we just can't get over our situation and circumstances. And the joy is going to be sucked out of us for a day or for a half a day. Or, I mean, that's going to happen. And we can't feel, I want to I, I lift the burden. You can't feel discouraged and, and beat yourself up because maybe you, you do that well that you focus on the Lord and for the most part you have joy and every once in a while you have a bad day. So that's what it used to be for me. I was just every once in a while I'd have a bad day. Now it seems like it's almost the opposite and every once in a while I have a good day. <laughs> maybe I'm being too honest, but... You're going to have a bad day, and that's when we need our brothers and sisters to come and love, courage, not, not beat up because they're having a bad day, but walk with them. Understanding, if you've ever had a bad day, the type of day that you just can't see the blessings of your children or your wife, you can't see the blessings of anything else around you, and you're just suffocated by the day. You tracking with me? If you've ever had that, then we need to have compassion when somebody else is having that. Because it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Don't be afraid. Hey, chin up. It's going to get better. You know, when I'm having those days, like, I don't care if it gets better. You just say, you say stupid things. And I know none of you have ever said that. It's never going to get better. Yeah. Well, you know, I love you. No, you don't. (laughs) A few of you have had those days, I can tell. We just need to, the Bible says, mourn with people when they mourn. It's okay to do that. Give them space, sit with them. Job's comforters had it right at the beginning. When you read the book of Job, they just sat with him for a long time and said nothing. And then finally they couldn't stand it anymore. And they started using their words to comfort him. And as soon as they opened their mouths, it, it got worse. Well, the reason you're having a problem is this and this and shape up and get it all together. We need to be the Job's comforters at the beginning sometimes. Just sit with someone. Let them go through. Love on them. 
So don't feel bad if you're having a, a tough time. But begin to cry out to God. Say, God, help me to see eternity. Help me to see my life in you. That I have hope that this world is short. And it, it, it's those prayers that you don't feel. David prayed those prayers when he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. He was commanding himself to give praise and glory and honor and blessing to God. And I believe it's because he didn't feel it. And some days we just have to take that authority and say, No, God, I know you're good. I don't feel it. But I'm going to choose to bless you. God, help me to see my blessings. Help me to see my life in you. And there's uh, some of you in here are go, have gone through such tragedy in your life that at it, 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 a moment like that, it would have been hard to even find a blessing. I mean, what would have Job blessed God about in that moment? His kids are gone and his fortunes and his sickness and his wife is telling him, you know, that, that's really bad when your spouse is also telling you, just curse God and die. That's what Job's wife said. Just curse God and die. Get it over with, you miserable man. Thank you, dear. You're just what I needed. And sometimes we go, people go through parts in their life that there is maybe very few blessings and all the more that if, you've, if you're in one of those that you say, this is not my home. And I have a home in glory. And my name was written in red in the blood of Jesus. And I will bless the Lord. This is a hard message because this isn't a natural message. It's something that we all struggle with. It's true. And the only thing we can do is to go to God individually and personally. Cry out to Him have them heal things, have them minister to us. Ask to change our thinking and our mindset to be able to focus on heaven. Let's just sit in his presence for a moment. You can close your eyes if you want to come to the altar. God, I know that I've gotten off track. And there might be others in this room who've allowed the things of this world to rob them of the joy of knowing you and the joy of knowing that I'm going to spend forever in heaven. God, I thank you that I can say that I know I'm going to heaven, not because of anything I've done, but because what you did for me. God, you sent Jesus to die in my place. And you awoke my heart to see the truth and to receive your gift for my sacrifice. 
But God, I allow the things of this world to overwhelm me. Forgive me. Create in me a new heart. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Restore to me the joy of salvation. Help my eyes to see you high and lifted up, the King of glory. With 10,000 times 10,000 angels, a hundred million giving glory to you, the multitude. God, help me to see what they see. Eternity, life with you forever in heaven. God, cause my mind to focus on you and the things that you've given and want to do in my life and not on the difficulties and the hardships. Walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death and help me to fear no evil. Help me to know that you're with me. God, I pray that as a body that we would get a hold of the joy that you promise that we would become a, a people who truly do walk in joy, not just fake happiness, but joy knowing that we are connected and part of the body of Christ, sons of the Most High God, princes, heirs, that together we'll be in heaven and reign in heaven with you. Bring joy back. God, in the midst of this Christmas season where it should be full of hope and love and joy and peace, help us to look to you to find those things because they're not going to be found in, under the tree. God, I would pray for those who are going through a trial right now that's just too much for them to bear that you would walk with them take the burden off of their shoulder. God, I pray that you would cause believers, even those maybe seated next to them, or God, to come and walk with them and carry the burden with them and love them through the difficult time, God, until we can all come and walk in that joy with you. Recall, bring to our recollection, God, help us to recall your love and your sacrifice for us as we continue on in this Christmas season and into the new year. That we would, of all people, be the most joyful because we know what the future holds for us. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, love one another. Care for one another. Don't forget, if you know a family who could use a meal or some a toys or something, write their names down and we'll, we'll, I'll call you this week. God bless you all.